You're tuned into Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse De La Pena, and this is my conversation with Fathom DJ, Chicago music curator and tastemaker. Welcome, everybody. I am Jesse De La Pena. I'm happy to be catching up with my good friend, Fathom DJ. Fathom, welcome. Hi, how are you? Uh, doing good, doing good. I know you're very busy back and forth from Atlanta to Chicago and elsewhere. I'm excited mm. that we had a little time to catch up. Absolutely, me as well. Are you still going back and forth? <laughs> I know you're working out there and working here and you got some stuff in the works. So definitely want to talk to you about that. Oh, God. Yes, I am going back and forth and I will continue to do that. And I'm adding DC to the mix, nice. interestingly enough. Very cool. Are you officially back? I am. I live here. I've been here for a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like you do spend so, a lot of time in Atlanta. I see online. Yeah. At one point I was doing, God, at one point I was I was there a lot, even though I was consistently here. I was there a lot. But now I'm, I'm kind of like nailing it down. So it's like biweekly. It's normally two days, maybe three days, unless there's some special event or I get booked to do something else. But at Tops, it's um, it's two days, two or three days. And you mentioned D.C. How did that get uh, thrown in the mix? So Atlanta has spawned me quite a few opportunities. Of course, I moved there to be a part of the um, opening for Rocksteady. COVID and, you know, my relationship changed with the venue. So I started working for a place called Pollard Den. Um, doing the music directing and the resident DJ for that space. So one of the program directors for the food program moved to DC and she's spearheading another venue. And she's asked me to work with her as a music director for this place called The Lane in DC. Yeah. So these are contracts um, that I've been able to acquire based on having been in Atlanta. So some really good things have come from that excursion. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're happy to have you back. And we're I'm happy to be back, to be honest with you, yeah. as much as I appreciate Atlanta and what it's added to my narrative. It's a very interesting place. Yeah. Coming from Chicago, I mean, there's there's a little crossover musically, but yeah, it's probably a whole other mindset. It's actually getting better. And I hate saying that, but that's the, the honest to God truth. Like it's a hip hop and R&B driven town. And, um, you know, of course, all of the successes that they have, it, it completely has submerged itself in that. But there's such a, a Caribbean culture there. There's so many influences of New York and there's a there's a very artist driven community there. So there's lots of room for creativity. You know, my piano is, is very big there. Afrobeats is very big. House music is it's, it's metamorphosizing, though. You know, my piano is dance driven, but it's Caribbean. So when you start to infuse that with house music, it's taking on a whole new life. I think it's good because the the age group is spanning like it's it's spread. It's helping spread house music to younger people, which is important. It's a really interesting place. It's, it's becoming multi-culti. Of course, the old heads are, you know, bucking and trying to keep the original culture what it's supposed to be. But it's a it's a baby city and it's growing and it's starting to see the diversity that kind of had me concerned when I was first associated with it. I was surprised that the influence, definitely the Caribbean influence when I was out there and how young the crowd was. That was kind of interesting. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to excuse my heat. It just popped on. <laughs> uh, no, no worries. Uh, I know we got DJ Precise out there. He's been out there yes. for a while. Chicago yes. transplant. Mm-hmm. I up with a few people when I was out there doing a little record shopping. Yes. But I'm curious to see the new project here in Chicago. You got something uh, jumping off uh, this Friday in our old stomping grounds, Wicker Park. Bucktown. It's interesting, Jesse, because they're calling Grand and Racine the West Loop. I don't know if that's just marketing for them. It's kind of the equivalent of Pilsen Heights. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So tell us about the new project um, that's kicking off this week. So Sonic Revival. I keep wanting to say rivalry. It's like a fight because I feel like we're in a fight, honestly, but it's revival because I feel like specificity needs to be made and we need to revive the idea of being tastemakers from our past as you and I kind of cross paths a lot of times in our work. We were on the cutting edge and introducing classic underground rare music to what was popular and we've always done that. Um, but that's not quite happening as it pertains to DJs now. So I'm like, if I can bring kind of merge three types of DJs together and bring back the foundation, we could potentially use Sonic Revival to kind of rebirth that energy of what I think tastemaking is, if that makes makes sense. sense. And so in essence, I'm like, well, you know, I got to pull in folks who understand the art of taste making. Sean Dervis, yourself, Papa G stays current. You guys have consistently worked consistently um, without fail. And that's one of the things I was like, okay, they got to be the foundation has to be set by us because we've experienced what that's like in that community. And then I'll start to incorporate younger, different folks who I think have that same flavor. So the goal is just to anchor down in our stomping ground, which is the best because Grand in Milwaukee was where I got my first DJ gig at the Buddha Bar. Before it was Funky Buddha Lounge, it was called Buddha Bar. And of course, you remember that because it was a there was a phone booth in the back, a pool table, and there was a, a a basement bar that we would DJ on with some 1200s and a, a very old mixer. Buddha bar. One room. Yes. <laughs> I think it was this ugly yellow color. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was slightly judged. I don't know if you recall, I just walked down the whole path of that. But that bar was was purchased by a very wealthy family and they gave it to their sons. That was a gift. And so they were managing it and they were doing just the okay job at it. And then, of course, Joe Russo entered the picture and he made it Funky Buddha Lounge and it became the historical music place that we know it to be. Good times. A lot of good Grand times. Grand in Milwaukee. Grand <laughs> right. Grand in Milwaukee. Then, then later uh, moved across the street, uh, Cinnabar. Joe. Cinnabar. You and I did that together. I don't know if you'll remember this, but I remember the night that particular night that I played at Funky Buddha and I walked across the street to play at Cinnabar the same night. And that was the last night because they fired me. Oh, I was about to say (laughs) that was kind of bold. It was, it was because Cinnabar was opening. Joe had moved across the street. 
he booked us all. He got us, you know, in the rotation and what have you. And they, I was still in the rotation at Buddha. They didn't know that I was playing across the street, but literally that same played a couple hours, walked across the street. They're like, where are you going? I'm, I'm going to work. And they were like, I didn't get any more bookings from them. After uh, that. <laughs> that was dope. That area was dope. Red number five was dope in that area. Like there were so many cool things happening at that time. But yeah, I was I was grateful that that I was booked twice in a night and I could just walk across the street with my DJ case to work. It was dope. That was pretty ideal. And you think about up the road, Shelter was over there. Shelter was over there. Red number five down the street. I mean, if you want to dig, we weren't that far from the generator. Exactly. That whole little area. That area was like. Chicago's take on how New York was doing it in the meatpacking district. Absolutely. I think think it was because it was still very industrial. Like nobody was living. They didn't have a bunch of condos yet. You know, even Buddha Bar had uh, residential upstairs. There were people upstairs complaining about us (laughs) before they became funky Buddha Lounge and bought the building. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Jesse De La Pena, and this is my conversation with Fathom DJ, Chicago music curator and tastemaker. A lot of good memories. Good memories. You're looking to kind of revive some of that and reach out to some of the folks that maybe were partying back then, because a lot of the older crowd, or I should say the the, the mature crowd that was partying with us, they need, a, they need a reason to go out. They need, because they, it's, it's a different scene out there. It's a different scene. Um, I pray because uh, the owner of Porkchop was telling me that, you know, people are kind of touch and go about DJs on Grand Street at that particular area. But I pray that some of the folks who were partying are homeowners in that neighborhood and that they'll see the effort and they'll kind of connect with the the concept of who was there before and get the idea of the direction I'm trying to go in. So... So who's all in this uh, first month's lineup? Well, the first month's lineup was supposed to be you, Sean Dervis, Papa G, and myself. And then I was like, kind of, I need to even it out. I'm like, I, I'm one girl. I'm like, there's two guys and, and one. <laughs> Way too th- many dudes. You know, just to balance, because we're, <laughs> we're at this point where DJ lineups is either a bunch of dudes. And if there is a girl, there's one girl. And that's being mimicked. So I was like, we could do two girls and two guys. So Miss Tasha is what I'm considering the wild card. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, you know, she's kind of been away and back. I'm, I'm she has. She was in. She was. A, I know she was in on the West Coast for a while. I think yeah. she lived in Atlanta for a minute. She's still very passionate about the music with technology, photography. So I, I see her fitting right in. Absolutely. I think it's going to be fun. I'm nervous about a few things because, you know, where we come from, sound is is huge. You know, we normally don't have to bring any gear and stuff and like everything's changed. So there's going to be a lot of give in terms of how we work with the space. I'm spoiled. We're spoiled. (laughs) We are spoiled. When I have these conversations about music direction and things of that nature, they don't even have budgets for sound equipment and to purchase equipment. And that would be considered basic accommodations for what we do. So anytime you got to bring a board in or your controller in or, you know, speakers in, it's like, what is this world? (laughs) (laughs) Because we come from places where you come in and you bring your records, you bring your needles, you bring your headphones, 
or you bring your, you know, your hard drive and your headphones, you don't have to bring controllers and CDJs and speakers and things. And it's just amazing to me that that these people don't value the culture of music enough to invest for their venues. We have a few things that we could reintroduce in terms of sonic revival in other ways, no, <laughs> like priorities. It was a given that, you know, the sound would be good. We would show up with our records, but that would be the most we would bring. Maybe we'd bring a little dat to record. Absolutely. it's kind of the opposite. You know, now it, it's everything. Everybody's bringing in their own, like multiple DJs bringing multiple controllers. Controllers, multiple controllers, night. you know, the sound, the, there's no consistency in terms of sound quality because everyone's bringing their own PAs. Yeah, weekly. It changes. It is. So, yeah, so there's that. Yeah, it's it's an interesting period. That's what I'll say. We're making we're making it happen. If um <laughs> folks who are uh, following me on social media, I, I definitely uh, wanted to share this and get the word out and really just try to you know support Fathom and the efforts because I'm excited that there's actually somebody that actually still cares about this all the stuff we're talking about because a lot of people who were parting with us if they are still involved in music they're kind of on a different level where they they don't worry about stuff like that maybe they're traveling and they don't really have to deal with chicago as much but it's like being spoiled like we talked about everything mm -hmm. was on point mm -hmm. there was a certain quality to the sound and yes. the staff and everything and it's almost like this new generation they're not familiar with that they so are like you're really trying to sell them on the idea no this is not extra this is how it should be yeah and and so in essence that's part of the reason why i wanted to address it in this way so the the goal is to have people come in i have a grander scheme that i'm not going to quite disclose as of yet but the goal should be to, hey, we have access to these people who knew how it was before. Let's kind of piggyback off of them and get some tips. I mean, you indirectly have mentees. They may not be official, but I have conversations with a group of young people from here in Atlanta who are like, what do I charge? And why did you do this? And how do I take care of that? And blah, 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 blah. So they're there and they're coming. So the hope is that, yeah, that we can expose them to options and other ways of of, of getting through and doing what we've done for years, if they're interested. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think they are. That is kind of the missing thing. I think a lot of DJs of a certain age, they've been doing this for such a long time. They, they forget about the younger folks and we really need more mentoring. Absolutely. That, that's, that's key. intersectionality. I mean, I had a conversation with someone the other day and he said something that I thought was it, it kind of bothered me. He's like, you know, everybody's just doing what they need to do. Don't pay attention to anybody. Don't, pay, you know, just do what you need to do. Don't worry about them. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, part of the reason why the rates for DJing are incredibly low is because we're not having dialogue as a group. So you can't just be like, oh, I can't, I don't care about them. I want this much money and whatever they're doing. That's what they're doing. Cause I'm like, we're in the same pool. Yeah. So if we're not like spreading that information, then how do you get the idea like, oh, I should be charging this instead of, and they should be giving me these things and, you know, the accommodations and just how we manage. There's not enough transparency. These older folks seem to have a lot of ego about this. And, you know, unfortunately, we're losing our speed. So we need to make sure to pass it on, pass the information on. Yeah. Taste making is underrated right now. Everyone wants to hear pop. 
popular music, everyone, you know, social media doesn't aid it because what's happening is you're getting people who want to sing and they want to be captured via video and look cool. So they need to know all the words. That means that they don't want to learn new music. So it's harder to play new music in these venues. We got a huge undertaking to try to navigate. I'm, I'm hoping that people are compiling mixes and promoting playlists so that when you make a mix, people can reference where that music is and learn it. So when you come into the venue, you're on par with the direction I want to go in. Because I don't want to have to repeat the same music all the time just because that's what you know. <laughs> no, no, Might be cocky. Makes it makes sense. And I'm glad that you're, you know, still dedicated to the music and as uh, driven as you are. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think that it's because of the fact that now that it makes sense to me, like we've been exposed to well-decorated rooms um, and spaces that serve food that have hospitality concepts. And so the music that we play and the music that we love, because we have a, a similar love in jazz and jazz-based music, that it makes sense that jazz should come back into the fold because these, these spaces are beautiful. The experience says jazz and a different twist on music. People are assuming that restaurants are clubs and everywhere you go that people want to party. And taste making is like a listening lounge vibe. And that's where you and I come from. That's where G most comes from. Like there's a whole group of DJs in our ilk who understood vibe, chilling, drinking, talking. And it didn't have that the same level of hyperactivity that we're seeing. So it's just about balancing it off so people understand and value music more than I think they do now. You're tuned into Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse De La Pena, and this is my conversation with Fathom DJ, Chicago music curator and tastemaker. Atlanta, maybe where you've worked more recently versus Chicago. Uh -huh. um, what would you say, like, pros and cons, you know, musically <laughs> or even kind of selling this idea to bar and restaurant owners versus here in Chicago, would you say? So because of the fact that Atlanta is such a college-driven town and it's very small, it's a very party space. So one of the things that I found that I think they find value in or found value in in what I do is the fact that it's different, right? The sound is different. Everything isn't party. Oh, it's like, oh, it's kind of chill. And it has these different twists and turns. It's not all trap or it's all not all rapid. It's not all club. And that has kind of opened them up further. Chicago is actually challenging me more now because Chicago is mimicking some behavior patterns that Atlanta had that frustrated me. Diversity as we know it, there was a diverse group of people who would come to the venues and listen to the diverse sounds that we would play. Atlanta can be very black or white. And what I'm seeing now is Chicago is starting to do that as well. Like, you you know, you look at house music and you see house music on the South Side and you see very few other ethnicities. 
when we were working in those areas, you would see blacks, whites, Latins, Asians, B-boys, everybody just partying together. And now it's changing. And I'm trying to figure out part of the reason why taste making, I think, is, is going to be hugely important is because we need to try to figure out how to bring that diversity back together. Because you have people who are underexposed who allow exposing when they're in other company with other ethnicities. It's becoming no different. I guess that's what I'm saying. Atlanta is not that different from Chicago. And it's it's scaring me that it's not different. I was assuming when I came back to Chicago that I would see the diversity, that there would be tons of venues, that we could all continue to work. And it's it's switching. It's getting real, like more conservative. It's getting harder to create the pressure to play popular music in order to sell drinks is, is becoming a little harder to deal with. That's what Atlanta was doing. Atlanta is trying to loosen up, you know, because they got new people that are moving from the, the, the north to the south. So they're starting to acclimate and accommodate these people. And we're getting harder. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing I'm becoming more frustrated by our venues and the directions that they're going in. Have you experienced that? I think a little bit. It is obviously a lot younger. Um, and anytime there's a place that is doing something a little more sophisticated, it'll catch my eye yes. musically or Absolutely. You know, a, just Absolutely. a really cool space that mm-hmm. seems a little different. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that, you know, that that's being offered because that's where more my speed now. It's always been your speed. Like I heard you say something the other day when you were um, you were promoting an event that you were doing and you were driving in the car and you said something about New Year's Eve and that not necessarily being your lane. I was like, he, we're so much alike in that thought because people are always like, oh, you should be getting ready to take all these bookings and New Year's is coming. And I'm like, I want to be at home. I'm like, I've, I've done that. I'm like, I like chill vibes. I want to be in places where people understand music. They're not throwing up and all over the place and screaming and all this. Like, but that's a mature. It's. It, I. I don't want to say that it's old. I want to say it's sophisticated. Yeah, it's a sophisticated environment. It's not a club, and that's what that's what I'm always trying to get people to understand. Like, you are used to being in loud spaces that are under sophisticated. We're from spaces that are plush, that are loungy, that are diverse in terms of age and race. And it's relaxing and refreshing. You don't feel tired when you leave because you're not like jumping up and down and lights are flashing and you're yelling and stuff like that. I miss those days. So when you find restaurants and lounges are are more my speed in terms of of culturing and curating music and directing. Your timing is perfect because, yes. you know, it's the new year. People are looking for, especially a something, little older. Something fresh. Something. I'm honored. I'm, I'm honored that you tagged me. I'm seeing people like interested. I'm seeing DJs reposting it. I wasn't getting that energy before I addressed Sonic Revival. So I'm hoping that that it does what it's supposed to do, which is to bring folks together and create a, a kind of a new emergence of musical taste making. I'm praying for that. <laughs> All right. Tell us exactly where it's at and what's happening this Friday. So the space is Pork Chop. It's 1132 West Grand. Um, it's starting Friday. It's for happy hour. It's 5.30 p.m. I will do the first one, and then there'll be a tastemaker DJ every week on Friday at 5.30. Can you find us online? How can people find you? Find me, Fathom DJ, everywhere. 
always DJ, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, Lord, Bandcamp. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making my rounds. Trying to keep it. I'm trying to keep it moving. Well, Fathom, great catching up with you. I'm thank you so much. Seeing you on Friday. Thank you. uh, I appreciate your energy and your support. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Yes. And and being a patron and having some place to go. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You're tuned into Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse De La Pena. And that was my conversation with Chicago tastemaker, DJ, and music curator, Fathom DJ. You can find the full conversation and other features at Vocalo's Mixcloud, mixcloud.com forward slash Vocalo Radio. Thanks for tuning in.